Welcome to the Startup Showcase here for the, for me, I think, is the last time at the Allstate Showcase Studio here on Michigan Avenue. Uh, hope you guys are having a nice weekend. It's, uh, know, it's, not, it's getting better out, I feel like. It's raining, which isn't ideal, but, you know, we do it the best we can. Uh, joining us as preemptive when I was talking to Amy, Mike Rothman, the founder and CEO, formerly the CEO of SMS Assist, now the chairman of the board, uh, has uh, starting to transition uh, into another another career, so to speak, uh, as he runs uh, DV Partners, which is a an investment uh, firm here in Chicago that has made some investments now. We're going to talk to one of those first investments uh, here later on the show as well, Dumbstruck. Uh, Mike, so welcome to the show. For starters, uh, thanks for making it out on a Saturday. What's going on? Uh, no, thank you for having me. Uh, and uh, excited. Uh, you know, SMS Assist is, uh, you know, uh, it's been a year. And since Taylor, you know, since we hired Taylor as CEO, he's doing a terrific job. And uh, and since that, you know, I've from a family office started DV Partners to look at w- ways that I can help in the community and invest and use, uh, uh, you know, what I've learned and uh, and apply that. We think that's a value add. Also, as you know, we're on your show before with uh, startup. Uh, TTS, which is tech, with Theron Technology Solutions, which is a tech development uh, management service, but basically, you know, also in consulting and from consulting to actually dev shop all the way through one-stop shop for helping uh, uh, all size companies from Fortune 100, from the fintech world to uh, operating companies and, of course, technology companies. And... Um, uh, got introduced to uh, Jeff from Dunstruct and uh, DV Partners made investment with uh, uh, part of the round. This is a Serie A round, right, Jeff? Serie A round and very exciting company um, with a very strong uh, board. And uh, we're really, really excited about this. You know, we've looked and a lot, a lot of companies, as you know, which is what uh, investors do. And uh, we find this very, very exciting, and we're really excited about it. So with that, you know, uh, enough about me kind of thing. Yeah, well, I want to talk a little I want to talk a little bit about the kind of the, the theory and SMS part here. We're going to come back after the break and, and pick up with Jeff more on the dumbstruck piece. Okay. Um, what, I, what I think is particularly interesting and unique to uh, Chicago, I don't, I would say, um, you know, compared to like the board or compared to like the, the West Coast or things like that, um, a lot of the the investment groups out on the West Coast and East Coast tend to be former founders. So they're they already are doing this. In Chicago, we really don't have that many former founders who what I would what I would call like serious investors. Yeah, they might participate here and there, but they're not, you know, million plus dollar investors. Uh, there's only a handful of big exits that would allow that, and you're one of them. And so it's it's kind of to me um, a shift in the way things are going to be invested in in Chicago because you've got insight into building a company that's valued well over a billion dollars with a B billion dollars. Uh, and what, 20, 30 years of operational experience as a CEO building companies like that, uh, very, very operationally intensive, uh, intensive tactical, not just, you know, wind it and sell eight gazillion products and, and put it on autopilot. These are these are businesses that require major changes through through time. And then the other part is, um, and I don't want to generalize too much here, but like Theron is essentially 
a productization of what SMS assisted. You essentially figured out, like, listen, this technology enabled us to go from sort of a hand-to-hand maintenance business to completely full scale. I mean, scalability is unlimited. Uh, And that is a, a special talent that most startup companies usually fall apart when they have to make that decision, they mess it up. And so uh, I think what you guys stand to to bring to the community is you, you glossed over it faster than you needed to because what you're bringing to the community here, I think, uh, only exists in the form of, of Lightbank where you've got actual operators, actual CEOs that, that have built billion-dollar companies and now we're going back and saying we're going to put our money in, but more importantly, we're going to put our knowledge, we're going to put our tech team, we're going to put our operators in place to help you. That That to me is where you're coming in. So t- talk to me, if you can, a little bit about um, the things that were most important in your life lessons at SMS Assist that you plan to bring with you to DD Partners. No, that's a, th- that's a good point. I mean, we, through technology, you know, and I guess I did gloss over it just because it's been such a story. We still yeah. have half a show. We're good. Okay. We're good. So, so, but effectively, you know, our technology disrupted the multi-property um, uh, landscape. Uh, the, you know, we now today service a uh, couple two hundred thousand locations that uh, we provide. You know, the full suit of services, uh, facility services for that, both residential with big residential REITs and retail customers. And we do that with about 20,000 plus subcontractors all on what we call the one platform. And yes, Theron Alex, our our chief product officer there, uh, built that over 10 years. So what we learned while we were scaling is that we need uh, a a big technology platform because we do millions of services a year. Now it wasn't like you know I started it from zero to you know to where it is today, which we now have I think over 850 employees uh, and growing. Um, so with that said, the lessons that I've learned is that you have to be able to see the results from an operating basis as you say you know this is we're complex and we're nationwide and we're doing a lot of logistics so we're a logis- logistics company yep. effectively running a technology and what we s- we can't be blind so we use technology to build that platform so that we could see and deliver um excellent service to our clients and excellent data that they can use to improve their um their performance and their and their customer experience. Yeah, so I, mean, I think we're going to go to break here. And I think the lasting mo- the lasting thing I want to take away from from what you're talking about is that you you're bringing to me to the city of Chicago and abroad uh, the ability to build for scale to to see past the trees in the early years to be able to build this thing that can be scalable and built upon not just a single product runoff. So exactly. So the, I am taking that's what I believe yeah. my edge is, and just like as you said, Lightbank, you know, Eric and Brad and and their edge, uh, effectively is take what we learn and apply it to companies such as uh, Dumpstruck. Very and, cool. Uh, that's that's the edge. And we're well, so. we're going to take a quick break here. We will come back with Dumpstruck, talk about this a little bit, and then at the second half of the show, we will talk all about Dumpstruck and get into that stuff. So. 
Uh, without uh, without any more uh, further ado, we'll take a commercial here. I'm Scott Katoon. This is WGN Radio AM 720. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. we got Mike Rothman from SMS Assist, now DV Partners. Uh, and we're going to introduce our, I guess, one of the first main investments, one of the first public investments that DV Partners is making. Um, and we've got De- uh, Jeff Tatro, the CEO of Dumbstruck. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. Uh, of course. So, you know, before we, we're going to spend the whole back half of the show getting into Dumbstruck because it, it legitimately, like, probably could be a two-hour show alone, just talking about the changes in media and everything else. Uh, but what I want to do is kind of tease the audience about what we're going to talk about um, and maybe opening up a little bit about what you guys are doing right now as far as raising capital and sort of where you are as, as a business just stage-wise. Sure. Uh, and then we'll spend the second half talking about how uh, how Mike here is going to turn turn all of us into billionaires. <laughs> well, fingers crossed for yeah. sure. So <laughs> Me too. We were uh, certainly traditionally going uh, the traditional VC route and uh, – I got introduced to Mike via a mutual acquaintance of ours who were of the strong opinion, wait a minute, let's put together a group of highly sophisticated super angels. Let's, you know, put the VCs on a backseat for now and, and do this correctly. We're a little, you know, a little early and, uh, you know, decided to just put a, a group of highly sophisticated, highly successful people together um, to put this Series A together. So everybody has a, you know, a... a vested interests they're highly successful they've been in media they've been in technology so it's it's exciting to have guys like mike rothman you know part of the part of the so i want to i rarely it's very this is going to sound kind of strange it's very rare we talked to a ton of founders i've had 700 founder ceos on on my shows over the last couple years very very rarely do i get to have a conversation with them while one of the investors is in the room Mm -hmm. one and two uh, like after the round is kind of closed and they can actually say things and make like real opinions and not just kind of BS their way through the question. Sure. Um, and so I want to take this opportunity because I, I spend a lot of the time in the show talking about the differences and different types of investments as community-based as equity crowdfunding where we just talk about the fact that it's a nice way for people to play and kind of get in the game and look about stuff all the way to heavy institutional rounds where it's very serious business, there's analysts involved, uh, and we normally gloss over the founders because the founders don't want to answer the question about why we chose VC versus whatever. Sure. Because they know that they could alienate one or the other because they're in, you know trying to raise, and as a VC or as a founder, you're always raising, right? Um, I personally have this opinion that VCs, just like super angels and everyone else, have a place, um, but the, the paradigm is shifting and the VC for founder model, to me personally, in my opinion, is not very founder friendly. Uh, it's it's harder to find money from super angels than it is from VCs because, like you've said before, they, they kind of throw money at the uh, opportunities. What are some of the reasons and ways that, that you either think that going the route you have is more advantageous or what some of the things that maybe from a VC versus super angel that you, you think founders could learn from that this gives you a better opportunity as a founder CEO than say taking around from seven VCs with a sure. very long Rolodex. Sure. A couple answers uh, certainly to that question in general, raising money is extremely yes. difficult, whether it's super angels, whether it's VCs uh, the, the process is very, very hard. So, you know, for all the other, you know, CEOs out there raising capital, Definitely don't get discouraged because it's just an extraordinarily painful process. My, my first recommendation to those people is to go to Joseph A. Banks, <laughs> buy their three-for-one suit, the right. traveler suit. You're going to need it. Yeah. It's got a wrinkle-free and a nice pair of shoes with some nice rubber rubber bottoms to them because you're going to do a lot of walking. There's no question about it. You know, I'm in a fortunate position because I wasn't 
the founder of Dumbstruck. These yep. guys have had spent the last six, you know, five and a half years building a technology the likes of the the world has never seen before. I just happen to have uh, a heavy media background, so it was kind of the perfect marriage. But um, you know, there's certainly advantages to both, like you said. Um, with the the VCs, they have the ability to do you know big follow on rounds, uh, bring additional capital, additional partners to the table. But at the stage we're at now, we just felt like if we brought together a group of really smart, really successful people early on, we we, we could kind of push the VCs to a to a later time. Yeah. Um, and and that just made more sense for us at this time. So I, I want to, and just to kind of clarify for those of the audiences listening that may or may not understand kind of the complexities of, of how this works, but uh, one of the things that comes to mind with regard to VC versus super and, and just the, the differences, VCs usually have, they have certain terms that they have to get involved in. There's certain types of portfolios they have to get involved in. Everything is sort of tracked and laid out in a very, very specific way, but they also throw their money around all over the place. So you're one of a ton Absolutely. of investments that they have made versus going the route of a super angel where like in Mike's case, uh, you've got a person who has a very specific interest in you. He found you and was like, I want to invest in you for like seven reasons. Mm-hmm. And you've got them as an asset. And I, I think that one of the mistakes that founders make, and, and I'm not, this is going to sound judgmental towards founders and I don't mean it no, I guess I do mean it that way. It is judgmental and I mean it this way. When when you take when you have to take money from VCs across all walks just to get money in the door, I understand that hustle, but I also think that it sometimes speaks a little bit about where you are as a company and what the potential is when individuals who come from certain backgrounds are like, I'm willing to put my money in you. Sure. And and that seems to be the situation here and, and it's sort of a I, I guess a perfect marriage for what you're doing. It is. The last thing you want is buyer's remorse, you know, just because you're in a position where you're, well, you can't go back. Capital. You yeah. can't go back. So it's important that you, you as a CEO choose your partners wisely meeting Mike the first time it was, it was pure chemistry. You know, Mike's easy to Google. You, you know what he's done around town. You, you know, his reputation, but to actually meet him in person was just a very comfortable experience. You could tell he believed in the technology, but believed in the people. Uh, as Mike said, we have a phenomenal board and, of people just like Mike. Yep. Um, so yeah, why don't you mention uh, who else is on the board? I think yeah, it's sure. important because uh, you know, it's very, very impressive. Very, yeah. very impressive. You know, we certainly have the, the business end um, with, with a gentleman by the name of Mike Dura, who spent 30 plus years on, on Wall Street and has really been instrumental in keeping the company in a great financial position. Uh, David Gibson of the Eastern New York Angels, uh, again, just a just a f- uh, phenomenal guy. But also, just to make note of the other people in on this round, you got Howard Tolman. Yep. Who I've Howard known, was on the show two weeks ago. Yeah, I've known Howard, you know, pretty close to to ten years now. And uh, getting him to write a check, he's really got to believe in the people, the technology. Um, uh, one of the most sophisticated investors I certainly have ever. Uh, been been associated with you got Jim Strybrick who did you know market tracks so again with with the board and the new uh, folks coming in on this round it's just a highly sophisticated group of people who all want to do their part and make sure that Dumbstruck succeeds well folks if that hasn't teased you enough as to what Dumbstruck is we've, we've reserved the entire back half of the show to go into it because I think it, it actually warrants that it's a um, 
it's futuristic. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that, and we're gonna take a break here and come back uh, at with the news after this. But I I just want to tell people like prepare yourself. This is like Minority Report kind of stuff coming on here. So anyway, uh, we've got Mike and Jeff. I'm Scott. You're listening to the Startup Showcase on WGen Radio. We will be back after this. We're gonna cut my awesome song a little short and jump right into the show because Dumbstruck is uh, is here and gonna talk about the the changes in media and just the changes of, in everything. In my opinion, I'm a complete media file when it comes to all this stuff. With the podcast, obviously got this show. Um, and the live show here, uh, we also have a media company that we kind of run underneath Technori called Click Media, and that's something that we've got some great clients, and we've done stuff for Cars.com and for uh, Salesforce and for Relativity and G2 Crowd and a few other ones here in Chicago that you probably have heard of as I tout them along the every every week on the show. Um, but when you come across technology that can literally change the way that people can measure success in media, uh, especially as you see some of the big changes, this station included, uh, in the mediascape in Chicago, it's, it's important to know why there's such big changes. And, and one of those biggest reasons is that people uh, from the sponsor side and from the advertiser side, which, you know, honestly, we wouldn't have a show if we didn't have sponsors and advertisers. So it's kind of a, you know, a, a big need. We can't and traditionally have not been able to myself or, or media companies explain to you the success. I can tell you a bunch of people clicked on it, but then they could have been clicking to get rid of it. Like it's not, you've got to have something that I can quantify why this is important that you have an ad. And we're, when I mentioned this before with the show, we are entering future territory where we're reading people's faces and literally telling you that there was an emotional roller coaster that you put them on and that this ad is valuable. Uh, and I think that changes everything uh, going forward. And so, uh, Jeff, the CEO of Dumbstruck, is here with uh, Mike Rothman, former CEO and founder of SMS Assist, now DV uh, Partners, who is making an investment in that. And, and before we jump into Dumbstruck here, Mike, if you want to talk about they're they're closing the round here very shortly, if not already, and you're a big participant of this. And, and I think it's important to note, uh, as was mentioned before the break, the, the big players that are involved in this and why it's so important. Right. Well, as Jeff talked about, we it's a very sophisticated board. Uh, you know, I'm basically you know humbled to be in, involved with these guys. And you know, this is not you know it's a multi million dollar round and uh, and with very sophisticated investors. And I think that just speaks you know volumes. With that, I'll just you know uh, and and I'm really excited. And as you said, this is. This is the future. Yeah, we, we, we talk about it on the show all the time. It's fakers and makers, and this is one of those makers. This yeah, is a company a, I think is going right. to be a game this changer. Is, this is the real deal. So without further ado, we, have, we haven't pumped you up enough, Jeff, yeah. just in case you're – I don't know if you're even ready for this. but it's Keep going. Yeah, no, yeah but we'll, we'll just keep talking. This is a great company, great, very, very tremendous. Um, at any rate, Jeff, why don't you talk to us now about what Dumbstruck actually does uh, and how you think it's so transformational. Sure. Uh, we've solved a real-world problem that was said to be unsolvable for a long time, and that's there's billions of dollars in media wasted. You know, advertisers pump out commercials. Uh, not during this hour. Though. Not during this not hour. Not during this, this hour. Is, this is perfect. For sure. Yeah. Um, advertisers are spending millions on commercials, millions in digital ads, and at the end of the day, they have no idea whether or not those ads are successful, who they're successful to, until the until the ad runs. Um, so there's a tremendous amount of media waste. So what Dumbstruck does is think about it as the world's most sophisticated opt-in focus group. Um, we take over the camera, and, and notice I very carefully said opt-in, given yeah. all the privacy policy uh, issues that, that companies have today. We take over the camera on your phone, on your computer, as uh advertisers pump ads through these things prior to launch and read your emotional expression based on the muscle movements in your face. Uh, Paul Ekman made this research, uh, popularized it uh, when he discovered that 
when you're feeling something, your face moves in, in a certain way. You may not think it's moving, but all these muscle, muscle movements are emitting you know, emotions. So we map all those emotions um, back to the last 50 years of cognitive science so we can tell an advertiser exactly how people felt about that ad before it ever runs, which is... Pretty game changing. Pretty game. I think, I, like the the key word here that got caught my attention on this was that you mentioned the the ads and things that people are running. They have to run and then get results. Then they try to fix it. Previously, they've been fixing it blind. Uh, the latest, and we've had Emerson Sparks and Dose Media on the show before, and there's others like it. Dose, I think, does it better than most in this particular case. Uh, where they they have people create an A you know version A ad and version B ad slightly different they run them both take the best one do the you know cross over the, the the analytics on it and sort of make a change in that case you still have to run two ads and make changes and then run a third ad That's right. that you're paying for so you've paid three times to get what you should have gotten with one time uh, and in this particular case you've got the ability to literally read my face poker face no question i mean i made the early part of my digital career on in-market a b testing yeah. mcdonald's for example would take two 30 second spots that j- they just produced for television and run them online to see which one performed better based on completely arbitrary metrics like yeah. click-throughs and view-throughs and in, in those which mean nothing which I mean, that's mean nothing. that's that's the biggest problem and honestly like for us like using technology as an example WGN runs ads on my show as obviously people are noticing now, but on the podcast and stuff, we only do sponsors. I dropped all ads from our stuff because I I flat out told the sponsors and and our advertisers, I cannot tell you whether or not this is working ever. Like anything I tell you is a lie. It's just not possible. What I can tell you as a sponsor is that I'm going to hand introduce you to 52 people because you just met them. They just came on the show and they came to our event. But as far as ads go, they're worthless unless you know that, that it's like designed to, to elicit some sort of response. That's right. And, and just carrying on in that example, while it's a rounding error for McDonald's, it's still real money. They spent yeah. half a million dollars testing in market just to determine that ad A was better than ad B. And actually discovering up front how people uh, in very diverse demographics, ethnicity and age and gender are actually feeling about that ad. Think about it like a crystal ball for media. Yep. You know up front for sure if this ad will or will not work and who it will will, will or will not work with. Yeah. With- well, but see, you're, you're talking about the McDonald's. Yes, it is a rounding year, but that's only the known amount of money spent. No that's not talking about the value that's missed because you just flat out never got it rolling, right? I mean, that's you never, if you have some technology like this, you have the ability to read a face and know immediately, like we should be pushing out more campaigns like this or we shouldn't or we need to stop or what, whatever. Um, you... We're going to talk about this one scenario, and then uh, we'll take a break and come back and talk about the tech a little bit. I'm going to keep it clean here, but you mentioned this, and you said don't use this on air, but I'm going to use it anyway because I'm staring at it. Starbucks. I don't want to get into like the whole thing, but obviously people in the news know what took place there. Having the ability to run an ad that can tell whether or not people believe your insincerity and your apology is invaluable because in a situation like that, if a month went by before you found out the analytics said they thought you were full of S then you lost, I mean, in, in the amount of money is almost incalculable, the losses. Yeah, sure. You know, in, in with regards to things like crisis management and, and those type of opportunities, you know, we can actually tell up front before a, Time is money. Know, a recovery video is launched or an apology video is launched, you know, which one elicits the best emotional response. Sometimes a pol- an apology can be just as disastrous as the as the 
you know, uh, oh, instance itself. I, I spent a, a year and change working crisis with some of the people in the Republican Party uh, during the first rounder run, run, and I can tell you the stories can go on for days about how invaluable crisis is, and it's it's time is money is attention to detail. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with an incredibly long read. And then we're going to talk about the tech side of this because I'm very interested to learn more about kind of the 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 use case of sort of capturing the camera. It's a, it's an important thing to focus on and let people know the how it works and the understanding that it is opt-in and and uh, and all that. So we're going to come back uh, talking to Jeff, CEO of Dumbstruck, Mike Rothman here, listening in on how his money is, is bringing back returns right now as we talk on the show. I'm Scott Gatoon, and this is the Startup Showcase on WGN AM 720. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I promised a long read in. We were just getting dumbfounded by Dumbstruck with Jeff, the CEO, Mike Rothman here, uh, DV Partners, formerly SMS Assist, uh, one of the unicorns in town, I might add. Uh, so without further ado, let's jump back into this conversation. You were about to kind of talk about how Dumbstruck actually works from a technical standpoint. We understand from this that you're using people's facial facial expressions to determine how ads are performing and how really anything is, but it doesn't have to be ads. It can be any sort of response mechanism. Um, and one of the things that I'm trying to make sure everyone understands and that I understand is that this isn't something that you just like capture their camera. This is something you're opting in for. So like as an example, uh, I could be playing Candy Crush on my phone and it says, hey, do you want to watch these two ads that we're going to capture your camera and say, read your face on for expressions and you get like 72 extra tokens and things like that. Uh, is this, am I like accurate in this? Is that sort of how this works? Absolutely. These are paid participants. Okay. So um, these people, that's just to be clear, these are pay, people who have been paid mm-hmm. to make their expressions accessible to you. The- the problem with a traditional focus group, and, and to be clear, there are you know certain areas where focus groups are great, but not only are they long and expensive to put together, but people lie. People yeah. misremember the information. People are influenced by factors in the room. So you don't always get a great you know, read or response from a traditional focus group. Again, not to mention the fact that it takes you know a month or so to put it yeah. together. Um, what we do is analyze how people are feeling through their face. You can't outlie it. You can't trick it. Um, Unless you're a sociopath. Absolutely. As a complete sociopath, (laughs) myself and Patrick Bateman probably, and Johnny Chan, Jack, whatever, from uh, the the poker player, we might have a chance. No question. have a chance. And and that's why we, we sample a large enough size. I mean, we run these tests in hours, you know, up to thousands of participants so the the rare sociopath like you um will not show up in the in the aggregate of the data um so again just to kind of put it in in a real world context if you're a major telecom just as an example who happens to be a customer of ours and you have major that's other thing people know like this isn't this is a startup and it is it's a 10 to 12 person Mm -hmm. startup uh, but the reality is that you guys are working with Fortune 500 companies already, so that, that's like something to... You're yeah. on big radars. Major telcos, major autos out of Detroit. Um, again, we've just solved a problem that was said to be unsolvable. If you're a major telco and you produce you know, five national spots for three million bucks and you're going to spend 20 million in media putting them on tv wouldn't it be nice to know up front that commercial one in four performs better than commercials two three and five and you probably shouldn't even run five at all so the amount of cost savings that were you know that you can quantify with um these major advertisers is enormous so it's really negligent to ever run a media campaign and not test 
first and not to mention brand safety. I mean, everyone went nuts when the the Jenner girl handed the Pepsi to the cop for, with yep. the Black Lives Matter ad, you know, the Heineken ad, the, the Super Bowl Martin Luther King Dodge Ram ad. All of these, you know, multi-billion dollar mistakes could have been avoided had they tested first because we could tell them you should not run this ad. Well, and, and to add a little extra context, we mentioned McDonald's, uh, which I, is not that I'm aware of, not a customer of yours, but they should be. Correct. Correct. Uh, we'll see. We, we've had Steve Easterbrook on the show. We'll try to get that. We'll <laughs> see if we can make something happen there. Uh, but aside from that, I'm going to use. We may be. This may not actually work. So I'm going to tell this example, and that might change <laughs> change the deal. <laughs> but they spent. This is actually under Don Thompson's reign. They spent millions of dollars during sort of the millennial green push. Everyone was into like the healthy, clean food, clean living, and it was tens of millions, if not more than. That, that they spent in surveys. So forget about the money that they wasted on the menu and all this, the, the, what they reacted to. Uh, but they spent tens of million dollars serving millennials and asking them if this food was healthier, if there were apple slices instead of our delicious golden crinkle french fries, would you choose apples? And every millennial says, yeah, I want like farm fresh, green, blah, 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 blah. But they all live in their parents' basement and they can't afford that. And so what did they do? They ate the cheeseburgers. So the, the survey that was spent, to your point before, about being biased and just sort of the, the lie factor, we all say what we wish we could do, but our faces say what we really do. You nailed it, and you're hired. Yeah, any, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what? I got, I got Saturdays and Sundays. I can, I can come in part-time. <laughs> and that's exactly right. I mean, um, just the, the level of bias and... and you know, there's been billions of dollars spent in in ad tech. You know, there's another. There, you know, for the past five years, there was another ad tech success story and implosion, seemingly every other day. Yeah. The last thing that VCs and advertisers want to see is another ad tech company, um, because all of ad tech focuses on targeting and analytics. Dumbstruck is the first you know, technology company that focus on, on the what we show people and where you should put it prior to spending a dollar in media. I'm going to bring Mike back into this conversation in a second here. I want to kind of start with the uh, the part of this that you just mentioned. And I think it's important to, to recognize, and, and Mike, you experience this at SMS Assist, so that's where, where your kind of expertise will come in. Um, one of the biggest problems that media has had in my line, and I've used this many times, the newspaper analogy that is now the TV analogy, which is now the radio analogy, uh, that the fear of going out of business is there, the fear of getting beat by somebody else. And so media companies, the ones you mentioned included, tried to solve the problem by just tinkering with the exact same thing that they've always done. They did not step outside of the box and say, uh, we're not going to fix advertising. We're not going to fix the, the mechanism that we deliver ads because what, what more can you do? Like you listen to content, I embed ads in it. What more can I, I can't what, inject you in it with it. I mean, there's nothing you do. What I can do is step back and build a piece of technology that sits on top of it. And that is where we make our money. Similar to technology, we can try to do sponsor and ads all we want, but it has a finite end to it. So what we can do is find a way to make more money on our content in other ways. And you guys have done something that can be, yes, it is going to revolutionize media and advertising, but it's going to revolutionize the use of this technology that can be used a thousand different other areas, which is kind of like for Mike as an investor, you're looking at this going, I mean, I would think you're looking at this going, this reminds me of something I did like 12 years ago. Yeah, no, absolutely. I disrupted an industry and that's exactly what Dumbstruck is doing. They are disrupting. It is 
so amazing when you see it and and the amount of data points that they have and the sample side that they pull the analytics are very dead on and they prove that and after they do the analytics they then run the ad and they get the response that the analytics say so there's a deep analytical side to this to dumbstruck after you take the survey you know of of the focus group survey and they're reading your faces it's very cool to to see it you you, it watches when your eye looks away it sees there's things and also what i think is really cool about dumbstruck is it also tells you what resonates positively that you could put in your ad the next time you run your ad so if a dove flies and people really like that dove flying then you know what you should have dub so you could change your contact back on feed feedback of the positive where are the positive things in your clip so there's just a bunch of and then all this data becomes just stronger and stronger data and the more business they get and the more analytics they get and the more so when you are it then goes back to when you are producing these are things that resonate to jeff's point with the audience that you want to attract because what i think is relevant in an ad is completely different than what you or a millennial or somebody or, else or particularly their user base their, their user base so they could so people that produce produce what they think would be right but they're but they aren't the consumer yeah their target could be diverse Anything. and this this reads what they are doing that's a great point i mean just to condense it down into one simple fact ads are created solely on the basis of personal preference it's the creative director you know they got their team in the room they pitch it to the client rah rah the commercial gets made and nobody has any idea of whether or not it's going to be effective with their target to to just to put things in perspective how far ahead of the the funnel we are before commercials are made animatics are made which are animated storyboards um, to show the client what this commercial would look like. Yep. We can actually emotionally test the anim- anim- How people respond to just the storyboard. It doesn't even have to be the whole thing. Correct. So we can actually tell advertisers which commercial they should actually produce. and what. So we know if it's going to work before ca- millions of dollars... Or even spend on it. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, I love that. So I want to, before we only got a Too couple sure. minutes left here, I want to say to Mike real quick on this, you know, aside from the obvious parts of like Dumbstruck as an example, what are some of the things you see in them as, a, as an operator, as you see in Jeff and the company and the team that attract you as an investor? What are, what are you as an investor looking for in companies? Well, first of all, you know, it's, you know, is it the jockey and the horse? And in this case, they have both. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think Jeff is just you know, passionate. You see that I see what I see in, in me and him. He's passionate. By the way, the whole board feels the same way. And um, you know, and he's and he's got ten years of media. So one of the things attract is we're growing, and you know, the monies are going to go to more sales, to grow and more technology and so forth. You know, if you're going to sell something as a salesperson, you want to sell a product that's that can really make a difference. Yes. And this makes a difference. So there's a big financial impact to the clients here. So that's what attracted me, that the value prop is so big for what it costs to what it produces in value. One, two, is Jeff knows it, and he, he left a very good uh, other company that he started to go here because as media he sees the pain yeah i think one thing i'll tell you and it's the end but jeff told me uh a story that really resonated he went into 
one of the big automakers and you know usually makes makes a point when you know you send out the schedules to everybody and you know there's 20 people on the invite list but you know when he gets there there's like two people that usually show up yeah well he went there and there was like 17 people that showed up okay so it was like whoa you know so because everybody wants to you know they're very interested in new technology that could disrupt an industry. When we did our, our future of media showcase uh, like like a half a year ago, I wish I knew where to find you. Like that would have we we sold the place out, so very cool. Uh, Jeff, where do people go to learn more about Dumbstruck? Uh, well, they can go to dumbstruck.com uh, right now. Or just look into the camera of your, yeah. of your phone during an ad. <laughs> opt right. in, Scott. Yeah. Opt Wait, in. I'm sorry. Got to opt in first. <laughs> click click the box. Click the little box, then look into the camera. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time and, and coming out of here. Best of luck with DVP. I'm sure we'll, we'll be learning a lot more about that in the future. Uh, Jeff, thanks again. Thank you, Scott. You have been listening to uh, the Startup Showcase, my last, I fear, my last time here in the Showcase studio. We're going to be coming back here with Dane Neal after this break. Uh, You are listening to AM720 WGN Chicago.